Hey, what's going on? This is Lucas, one of the fantasy football fellas. I'm going to have Tyler and Cameron join me here shortly, but I want to quick say thanks for tuning into our first ever episode today. Uh, we're really excited for the content we have for you uh, in this episode, but also what we have mapped out for uh, the rest of the summer as well. Uh, we're, we're really looking forward to bringing you some great content. Uh, I want to quick say thanks for, for tuning in. Um, letting us give you all the advice you need to help win your league this year. So uh, I'll shut my mouth now. You've heard from me and Anchor, so... Uh, let's cue the music and get on with it. going on we are the fantasy football fellas welcome to our first ever podcast man we are super stoked to be starting this up just three stooges just out here giving you all the advice you need while being dudes um i'm lucas i'm here with tyler and cameron uh we're all going to be hosting this podcast giving you all the tips and tricks and advice you need to be on top of your league this year um to kind of at least agenda this podcast, we're going to keep it short. Um, we'll talk about why we started this podcast, um, go a little bit of what we plan to do over the next couple of months here, and then we'll wrap it up with a few headlines we're looking at going into um, the 2021-2022 season. Um, there's a lot to talk about so far in the offseason, so uh, we'll be bringing you all the news and developments as uh, the offseason goes on as you prepare for your draft. Um, so I'm actually going to swing it over to Tyler. He's going to share a little bit why we we did the podcast. So Tyler, stage is yours, man. Oh boy. Wow. Hello everybody. Let me first officially say that. Um, I'm going to also start off with a nice little plug of our website. You can find our website at fantasyfootballfellas.com. And on our website, you can find our little vision statement. Now I, this will have to be uh, revised. Um, it is a little aggressive, Little aggressive, but Cameron made it. But, we have to that too. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry, threw you right under the bus. Sorry, my fault. But basically, <laughs> basically, um, as Lucas alluded to earlier, we are doing this one just because we love talking about football and especially fantasy football. Um, and we believe that we have the wisdom and uh, the knowledge that we. Uh, want to impart onto other fantasy players that will help you win your fantasy league. Um, it will help, you know, spread the game of fantasy football because heck there's nothing like a good fantasy football league to play in. So again, those reasons plug the website again, fantasyfootballfellas.com. Check us out. If you feel so obligated to reach out and just say, hello, we would love it. We would love it. Also, I'm just going to plug the social media real quick. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We have a Twitter. And you guessed it. We got a TikTok. He's yeah, we have a TikTok. <laughs> um, so give us a follow on there. You know, check us out. And uh, with that, I'll swing it over to Cam. And he'll uh, he'll give us the schedule for this podcast. For sure. I would also like to officially welcome you to our podcast as the last <laughs> member to speak. I take it personally, but that's all right. We won't mention that right now. 
Um, so for our podcast, we're doing a little kickoff podcast or a little experiment. As you can tell, probably by looking at us, we don't know how to carry ourselves being on camera, but that's all right. We're figuring it out. The next one we're going to do is, is we're going to do a mock draft next week and we're going to go through it. Um, we just figured it's a great way for you to figure out what we're like, um, where we rank, our, where we rank players, what we think of players. And then we're going to kind of dive in, go um, division by division. We're going to go AFC North, NFC North, AFC East, NFC East. AFC South, NFC South, AFC West, NFC West, and then we're gonna. After that, we're gonna. Whoa, we're gonna um, share with you our final position rankings, and then our big board, um, which we will be working tirelessly on throughout the um, summer. Which we also post on our website at fantasyfootballfellows.com. That's our third plug, in case you're counting at home. <laughs> and then we will go over draft prep and strategies, and then we will do. A draft recap and post draft takeaways. So that's kind of a layout for the year. We're going to dive in, obviously, and we won't be afraid to cover NFC teams during an AFC week if news comes up. We are flexible like that. So I'm going to swing it back to Lucas so we can get more into the meat and potatoes, if you will, of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. As Cameron said, I mean, we have a lot of exciting content ready to go. Um, our, our, we're, We've had this vision for so long now, we're just ready to run with it. So um, all that is flexible. Um, our goal is to give you an episode a week, kind of, um, like Cameron said, based around the idea of we're going to cover a division a week um, to tell you where we rank our players, what we like, don't like about the offenses this season. Um, but yeah, that's that's ultimately our goal and kind of, kind of where we're heading with this until the season starts. Um, give you all the tips you need to prepare best for your league this year. So uh, for a little kickoff pod, we thought it'd only be official to, or only be right uh, to uh, give you some headlines that we are watching going into the season. Um, I mean, we can pick from a lot of things right now, uh, and it's too early to really give you a ton of analysis. Uh, we already have some of our rankings together, but uh, let's be real. Those are going to change within the next three days, four or five days anyways. Um, right. Yeah, tonight, I don't probably, right. <laughs> you're probably right. Um, but anyways, we're going to give you a few headlines we're watching going into the season. Um, some of the big things we're keeping our eye on. So, um, I mean, I'm just going to, Tyler, why don't you go first, man? Uh, we'll go, I, we prepare, what, two, two or three? Let's go two. We'll go around twice. Uh, we'll do one at a time and allow room for, for discussion there too. So uh, first headline you're looking for, Tyler. All right, all right, all right. That was not a Kahanahe uh, impression whatsoever. I just felt like saying it. Um, anyway, first headline that I am paying attention to from here until week one of the preseason, but more importantly, week one of the official NFL season, is who is going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And as a... Proud Vikings fan, as you can tell by the purple. Um, this is a painful team to talk about. I just don't care for the Saints. But, but uh, when it comes to fantasy, you've got players like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Um, I mean, heck, even Taysom Hill can really help you out. But um, these are players that can really, really help out your team in, uh, you know, winning week to week and winning your championship. Um, and for those of you that are, uh, unaware, there's a little competition going on between, uh, Taysom Hill 
who is the uh, world-renowned tight end quarterback flex uh, player for the Saints, and uh, Jameis Winston. Um, and no one really knows who's going to start. We all know that Taysom Hill got paid four years worth $140 million with none of it guaranteed. So that just throws everything into a limbo. Um, but then you have Jameis Winston, who is a just a gunslinger at quarterback. So, gentlemen, I'm going to ask you what you think. Who do you think will start? I'll start with that. And why do you think that quarterback will start? Uh, All you, Lucas. I'm guessing right now, I'm going to say Taysom Hill only because he was the guy last season when Drew was out. Who didn't see Jameis play as much? Um, do I think it's the right choice? No, because I do think I, I'm pro Jameis. I've always been pro Jameis. I don't care about the 30 and 30 season. That was still, uh, he finished what? Quarterback three that season? On Correct. Yep. For fantasy purposes, I'm pro Jameis all the way. Um, for NFL purposes, I see why you're not, but. Um, <laughs> eat the dub. We're going to eat those today, boys. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, if I, I mean, if I'm picking right now, I, I'm picking Taysom only because he got the reps last season and they won last season. Um, we won't talk about how that hurts uh, or impacts Camara's and Michael Thomas's value. But to answer your question directly, Taysom Hill, um, I think he'll be starting week one. I, I go the opposite way. I'm taking Jameis Winston. He's doing it to be controversial. No, I, I <laughs> You're just trying to get the conversation going. <laughs> I there was a there was an interview last year, a press conference where all right, I'm not even gonna try to name the I don't even know. I might have been Sean Payton himself, or it was a player, who said that during the year it will be Taysom Hill that takes over, but give it a full season. They think Jameis plays next year. So this year they said that when Breeze went out. And I mean, I think it's Jameis just because with Taysom, you change the way the entire offense flows. Sean Payton has been doing it for what, 10 years now for him to go. I'm going to completely change this up after I've been pretty much running away with this division the last five years, except for when the Falcons thought that they were going to beat the Patriots. And I just think that, um, yeah, I just think it's going to be Jameis. I really hope it's Jameis. Uh, for me, like I got Alvin Kamara at running back three right now. You put in Taysom Hill, I got him at running back seven or eight, and I don't even want to take him in the first round, to be honest, because when Taysom Hill was in last year, he was like unusable, especially as an Alvin Kamara owner last year. I don't like the way that sounded, but um, and then but with Michael Thomas in fantasy leagues, yes, in fantasy, in fantasy with uh, with Michael Thomas, I mean, it helped him last year when he had Taysom Hill because. Um, I think we were talking about a little bit earlier. Taysom Hill only finds one read. He goes, Michael Thomas, my first read. I'm going to throw it to him. If he's not open, I'm going to run. And that's kind of how Tom- Taysom Hill works. And so that's kind of my take on it. I, I personally hope it's Jameis, and I actually think it's going to be Jameis. Interesting. Yeah, so Cam kind of touched on it in a, in a more in-depth uh, reasoning for Winston. Um but like I said, the big question for me is if Taysom starts, Kamara drops for me. And I I mean, if he drops I and I'm late in the first round, I might actually take a 
I don't know, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Stefan Diggs even, if that happens, because like Cam said, he was unusable. He like everything that Kamara did when Breeze was in, Taysom just did instead. So that really impacts things. Versus Jameis, that offense is still very similar to when Breeze was under center. So Kamara's going to get a lot of screens, a lot of flats. And Mr. Sl- sorry, Mr. Slant Boy, Michael Thomas, it needs to be said. All he does is run slants. I know, controversial. He's good at it, though. <laughs> He's probably the best slant runner in the NFL. I'll give him that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's really whether they go one way or another – there are players that are really impacted in rankings based off of the quarterback. Cam, go ahead and take uh, give us your first big headline you're paying attention to. My first big headline is these stinking rookie running backs. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen with any of them except for Najee Harris. At least, I mean, I really, really hope that Benny Snell does not beat him out at training camp. Um, I would be unbelievably shocked if he did. Um, I I, don't, I shouldn't even brought it up because I don't even think it's possible. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, I mean, he's your only starter. I mean, his tough part is that Steelers offensive line could just be awful. Uh, they could be decent, but there's a chance they could be awful. Um, and then you got Travis – etn ntn i can i have said it yeah etn all right thank you very much um (laughs) great player amazing talent um but who knows what urban meyer is gonna do james robinson just ran for a thousand yards they have carlos hyde on the roster now so who knows what's gonna happen there then we look down a little bit we got trey sermon i mean he's in another three-headed monster in uh san francisco with Wayne Gallman, who they just said is running back two, which I personally don't believe. I think that's a bunch of BS. Um, and then Raheem Mostert, who has been great, unbelievably quick, just can't stay on the field. So he might be getting a lot of chances. I uh, also got Javante Williams, who is in Denver. Denver, as a team, might just be unusable this year. We'll see about that. Um, but he's behind Melvin Gordon. I don't really think that anyone in Denver likes Melvin Gordon. To be honest, um, the only problem is they're paying him a lot of money, uh, so they might use him. Maybe they can trade him. I don't think so, but um, it, he might start getting getting looks. Just being, a, I think he's a second round running back. I mean, I would assume that that means that they want to give him touches, and, well, and then, they traded up for him too. That's the other thing they exactly. traded off to get him exactly. And then you got the other UNC guy, Michael Carter, who is in um, New York playing for the Jets and. No offense, little Michael Perrine and Tevin Coleman, but they, they are not starting running backs. Um, and so he's got a good shot at a lot of carries and a Robert Sala offense, who's probably going to run it pretty close to um, San Francisco's offense, even if he's not calling the plays. I would just assume that's the way he would want the game to go, especially being a defensive guy. Uh, so just a lot of different running backs in a lot of different situations. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys on – what rookie running backs are you looking forward to and what rookie running backs are you just going to stay away from at all costs? Tyler, go ahead. I went first the last round. All right. Um, I think, I think the one running back that I'm going to, I wouldn't say necessarily avoid, 
Um, but if he, if I'm in need of a running back in a draft and he's the only one on board, then I would take him. Uh, and that guy is actually Najee Harris. Um, yeah. So my, <laughs> just knowing what other running backs could be available later on in a fantasy draft, right? You have your Miles Gaskins of the world. You have your Mike Davises of the world. Guys that, you know, may not be superstars or may not even be stars, but somehow they're productive in fantasy. I would much rather take them, especially because they have years in the NFL under their belt, right? And I'm not saying that Najee Harris is a bad player. I think he's actually going to be a rock star for the Steelers. But I, I don't think I would be able to trust taking him that high when I know that there's other guys like, again, Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, those kind of guys that I can take later on. Um, so he would be the one guy that I probably am going to stay the most away from. And I think the guy that I would be willing to take a chance on is Javante Williams, the, the running back from Denver. As Cam said, it just seems like no one appreciates Melvin Gordon in Denver. Even though Melvin Gordon is a pretty solid running back, if especially taking Williams in the second round and training out to do so, it seems like they are willing to give Williams a good shot at being their running back one. And I really do think also Denver has a pretty underrated offensive line, even though they do not do – they're not so – great in pass protection, but I think in their run game, they are one of the more solid offensive lines, so I'd be willing to give Williams a chance. I would take a flyer on him the most. Right. I completely disagree with your Najee Harris take. Um, (laughs) Just to be honest. I knew it was a hot, controversial take. I knew it. (laughs) I appreciate it more than anything in the world. I just happen to disagree with it. Um, But (laughs) we shall see how it plays out. Uh, I do agree that he is not in probably his best situation just with that offensive line. And then he's going to play the Ravens twice and Cleveland twice who got great defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got a much tougher schedule than they did last year when they had a cakewalk. Yeah. They've got what the toughest schedule in the NFL this year, or at least the top three. Yeah. yeah. I think it's closer to top three. I think I heard it was the top from a Steelers fan. So that <laughs> a little bias. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I feel like, I feel like your Najee Harris take, it's, it's one that people don't want to hear. Um, I have every stat ready for why I'm pro Najee Harris this year, um, but I'll save that for when we talk about the Steelers. Uh, guy I'm most excited about, rookie running back, um, or no, the one I'm saying least away from, I'll go in the same order. Guy I'm saying away from, Travis Etienne, yet I still haven't ranked at like running back 23, I think. Um, which I need to adjust that ranking. I know they're shaking their heads at me. Like, <laughs> um, but he's the guy who scares me the most. I, I think he he probably has the highest ceiling of the guys um, coming out, but I also think he has the absolute lowest floor, at least this year. Um, I just, Urban Myers, I, I don't like him. He's my least favorite guy on the planet right now. Nothing against Urban Meyer, but uh, we're lining him up at wide receiver. He's a third down back. Okay, what is he? No, he should be your starting running back because uh, you took him in the first round to replace James Robinson. But no, that's not what he's going to be. I'm staying away from him, yet I still have him inside my top 25. Don't hate. I just don't know what to do with him. So I'd rather rank him too high than put him down with like the Trey Sermons of the world where he's just being absolutely disrespected. Um, 
so he's a guy I'm staying away from guy I'm looking forward to is Michael Carter. Um, he's, he's in the best situation for success, not out of this class. Cause I would still say Nashi Harris is still in the best situation, but, um, Michael Carter, he's got the least amount of competition. Um, Tevin Coleman has never been the starting back guy. Yeah. He's filled in for Devonta Freeman and, you know, he's got his fair share of, of carries with San Francisco, but, um, he's never been a starter, um, Michael Pirine, same situation. Haven't seen enough from him. Um, Michael Carter is—he's he, in the position to take that that whole situation over and be the guy next to Zach Wilson. That whole new Robert Sala offense. Well, Robert Sala led team, I should say. Um, he's the guy who I think he—he he has he has the most upside out of uh, the guys who aren't named Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Probably, um, I, I'm looking forward to to seeing where he lands. Um, but we'll see as the offseason progresses. It's watch. It's probably going to be, oh yeah, Michael Pirine's our guy, um, and you know, Michael Carter is going to be an afterthought. But he's a guy, at least at this moment right now, I think I'm most excited about. Um, yeah, I think I think those are the two that I'm Maybe. staying away from. Um, the one I'm looking forward to as well. Perfect. Well, I'll just pass it on to you, Lucas. I was going to say I may as well just keep talking. Take it I away. My headlines next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My, my, mine's kind of interesting. I want to know who the heck wide receiver one is going to be in Cincinnati. Um, they drafted Jamar Chase. They already had Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. T. Higgins performed great last year, um, and Tyler Boyd did until Joe Burrow went down. Then he was kind of more of an afterthought, wasn't as um, good as he was. But now you add Jamar Chase to that offense, and Joe Mixon is back now. Um, who, again, as of this podcast, is lined up in different spots at wide receiver. Um, so I, I – and this is for draft purposes. I could care less who's actually wide receiver one in that offense because I think they're all talented. But do should I be drafting – should I really be drafting Jamar Chase ahead of both Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins in mock drafts right now? Because uh, Jamar Chase is a rookie. Tyler Boyd has been wide receiver one of that offense for the past, what, two, three years now? Um and T Higgins looked great as a wide receiver too last year. He has the talent to probably be wide receiver one in that offense. Um, I just, I don't know who's going to be wide receiver one in that offense for the draft. I know they're all going to be top 40 uh, wide receivers this year. Three teams did it last year. It was Steelers, Cowboys, and Panthers all had three top wide receivers uh, or had three top. Oh my goodness. Had three wide receivers in the top 40 last year. Um, and they all did it with like subpar QB play. Ben Roethlisberger was like QB 14. Teddy Bridgewater was QB 19. And we won't talk about Dallas's quarterbacks last year. Um, but I mean, those guys are po- all poised for big seasons. I just want to know who the, who the top one is going to be, which that's kind of my discussion question then. Man, I sound like a teacher and I didn't even major in elementary. Hey, now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're dissing the teacher here. Hold hey, on. Hey. We are so much more complex than a couple of discussion questions. <laughs> that was slanderous. That's my I can, question, though. I can take it away. I I kind of see it similar to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I think they will all get a lot of targets. Um, however, there will be one left out. I just I think I just think that it's gonna be T. Higgins, just because Tyler Boyd was, I think, just being a veteran, just I think he'll get more opportunities than T. Higgins will. Um, and then Jamar Chase, that was a guy I would hope he gets a lot of opportunities just with the way Joe Burrow 
um, vouched for him, like pretty much asked the team to take him or the best tackle in the draft. So he went, instead of taking my safety, I want to have someone who's crazy to th- or crazy good to throw to. Um, that's just my take. But I think, I think when it kind of comes down to it, you, at the end of the day, you just kind of got to pick one and go, all right, this is my guy. If it comes to me and I have all three on the board, this is who I'm taking first. Um, just because as of right now, it's a toss up, but we'll see what Jamar Chase looks like in training camp, because I think that's going to be the um, biggest tell is if he's running routes better than Jamar Chase or better than Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, he's going to be number one. I, they're going to put him in that situation just because they took, they took him with the fifth pick in the draft. You don't take a wide receiver at the fifth pick in the draft, unless you really believe in them. And so that's kind of where I land on that is I think they're going to give Jamar Chase that opportunity. And I think, um, uh, what's his name? Joe Burrow is going to look his way a little bit more just because of his time in LSU, the way he vouched for him. Um, but if he doesn't look as good in training camp, they're going to continue to keep it probably with Tyler Boyd and T Higgin at the forefront and give Jamar Chase a little bit of time to develop into that role. And I mean, he, he also could be like a Justin Jefferson last year where that first two or three weeks he was absent. And then all of a sudden he puts together the greatest rookie season in NFL history. So you never know. Yeah, I think the one thing that I get caught up on is when a rookie, sophomore, or a very young quarterback has a mediocre or worse offensive line, there are two players that that quarterback will target. Uh, Shout out to Lucas on this one. They will target the tight end or they will target the slot wide receiver, right? And I go back to two years ago when Sam Darnold was starting for the Jets with zero offensive line help, and who went off? Jamison Crowder. In the slot. right? In the slot, because you can move guys around in the slot and run those short and intermediate routes where you can just get the ball out quick and let him run into space. Let's not act like James Crowder is a scrub here, all right? I am, <laughs> I am pro Jamison Crowder, so let's let's keep that in mind here. Hey, I not, got him not... in my top seventy-five wide receivers right now. So. <laughs> Are there even sixty playable wide receivers? <laughs> you know what? That's not a question we're going to ask right now. Let's <laughs> sorry, sorry, let's getting off topic. <laughs> no, so. Initially, my response is Tyler Boyd is going to be wide receiver one. He's got experience, and he's definitely more of the slot wide receiver than Jamar Chase and T. Higgins is. But what I get so caught up on then is that even when Burrow went down and it was still Boyd and Higgins, Boyd dropped off the face of planet Earth, right? Even if they did move him into the slot, they never used him. So then my thought it then goes – well, do they move Chase then into sl- into the slot and keep Boyd on the outside? Because they clearly have never really used Boyd in the slot. And I think Cam said it best. We'll see at training camp. Because if we see Boyd taking more snaps in the slot, I would still be willing to hedge my bet then on Boyd being the number one guy just because he's in a slot. And again, mediocre offensive line. But if it's Chase in the slot and Boyd on the outside – I'm going to take Chase then because Chase then has a way more opportunity to get into open space. And especially with his old college teammate throwing him the ball, he can, he can make something happen. And 
let's not let's not blow past the fact that Jamar Chase might just be one of the best college prospects at wide receiver we've seen since Julio Jones. Yeah. Pitts. <laughs> right. Just a pick earlier. So you're, you're right though. Like wide wide receiver prospect. He's been wide receiver, right? Because we all because Kyle Pitts has declared himself yes. as a tight end. Um, but but again, it's the chemistry with Burrow. And let's see if Zach Taylor can actually, you know, scheme up the offense a little bit. Because mm-hmm. it also T. Higgins is a deep threat. That's where a lot of his production came from was on a deep ball. Tyler Boyd did a great job over the middle and stuff. But if Chase is going to take that job, then Boyd is just kind of have to fill in wherever he can. So I would, I would say it depends on training camp. But right now, I would say my wide receiver one for the Bengals has to be Jamar Chase. Yeah, so – I mean, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that's why I asked the question because I really want to lean towards Tyler Boyd yet at the same time, like Jamar Chase is is in such a good spot to have so much success that I feel like I'm just being a pessimist on, oh, he's a rookie. He's in uh, such a high volume offense with a lot of good wide receivers who have proven themselves. Um, but like you both said, I think the best place to see where that's going to develop is training camp. And that's why we're spreading these podcasts out over the course of the off season. So we're not just clipping through everything right away and we can actually uh, provide more insights as more information comes out. So um, appreciate both of your thoughts there. Um, let's go around one more time. One more headline for each of us. Um, let's clip through these a little bit more quickly since we are coming up on uh, the end of our time here. We're going to keep this one a little bit shorter today, just since this is more of a pilot than a full full podcast. So uh, we'll go around one more time. Uh, give us the headline, your thoughts, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. So Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually going to change uh, the headline that I had mentioned before. Oh no! And this is just kind of the low hanging fruit of a headline, oh, but it's the it's the Julio Jones headline. Oh yeah. I I think. Yes, there's this whole legality scan, you know, talk and everything about all that, and I'm not worried about that at all. Um, but where, but what I'm intrigued by is all the potential destinations that he could go. We've seen AJ Brown actively recruit him. DeAndre Hopkins is actively recruiting it's not, him. It's not actively recruiting for AJ Brown. It is like so in your face that you, like <laughs> he is making sure that the entire world. Like people without internet know that he is recruiting <laughs> Julio Jones. It's childhood fandom. I just got your jersey as a Christmas gift from my parents. I'm sorry. I, I yes. just want to be you. <laughs> yep, yep. So, you know, and Julio, no matter where he goes, even if he stays in Atlanta and he stays healthy, that dude can change a game with a single catch, right? He is just that good of a wide receiver. But if he does get traded – and if he gets traded to any of these three teams, he shoots up my board so much. He, if he goes to Tennessee, if he goes to Indianapolis, or if he goes to Baltimore, any of those three teams, Julio Jones, I want to say, gets up into the top 10. Where's he at right now for you? Oh, shoot. He's probably late teens for me. Oh, I got you, Ty. I got you. You got him at 18. That was just that was just that was just an impulse guess. I'm not counting all that. Lucas, but, you got him at yeah. 18 too. 
That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, if Julio gets traded to one of those three teams, especially because Tennessee, it's a play action, Tannehill either throws it to Julio or A.J. Brown, and they can both turn up the field. Because the Indy, that gives Carson Wentz a true number one receiver with one of the best offensive lines and one of the best offensive coaches in the NFL. Goodness gracious. And then Baltimore, if Lamar's in trouble, just throw it to Julio. Just throw it up, and he'll go get it, honestly. Like, he's going to save your offense. So that's the headline. That's another headline I'm paying attention to is the Julio Jones sweepstakes. Does he stay? Does he go? And what happens after that? Well, yeah, and then there's a lot more targets to go around in that Falcons offense. Calvin Ridley's stock's got to shoot up. Unless – I brought this up a couple times to you guys. Unless he – pulls a juju and goes, I can't play wide receiver one. But the thing that the thing that's made me think that he doesn't do that and he can be a true number one is he spent so much time last year without Julio in that offense. You know, like I mean mm-hmm. and there was I mean, who was the who was wide receiver two in Atlanta? I can't even think of him right now. Oh what, after reason, Calvin Ridley? Yeah. Is there a reason I Russell Gage, exactly. So, I mean, there wasn't like it was wasn't like oh maybe he's wide receiver one, maybe he's wide, like he was definitely wide receiver one, and he was wide receiver one fancy for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, he shoots up. Kyle Pitts has got to shoot up. I mean, he automatically becomes that wide receiver two, and so I mean that affects that whole Falcons offense um, extremely. And then I mean, but like you said, Julio sounds great going to all three of those destinations. But the biggest question is, does he stay healthy? Do you trust him enough taking him in your top 10 to go, you're going to play at least 14 games this year? Cause after last year, that was, that was a rough, rough year. If you had Julio on your team. Yeah. All right. Lucas, do you got anything or do you want me to go next? Nah, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll do right. mine and then take us home. Perfect. My, mine is kind of a, a two-parter here. Uh, my first one is, after the is the depth at QB and tight end. Um, they're very different. The depth at QB, I honestly don't think that there is enough um, of a difference between Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, um, that I feel like I need to take a quarterback really early when I'm drafting. I just think that all of those guys are capable of putting up crazy numbers this year. Um, and most of them have proved it. Herbert's probably the only one that I'd kind of be wary of just because he's coming into his second year. Sometimes you get that sophomore slump coming after a great rookie season because film's out on you and things like that. But I really trust that Chargers offense. And so I'm okay. I'm not feeling like, oh, Mahomes dropped me in round four. I got to take him here. It's like, I don't even know if Mahomes going to be number one quarterback this year. You know, like Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, even Dak Prescott, I mean, Dak Prescott was on fire when he was healthy last year. Like, all those guys, Lamar Jackson can. I mean, Tom Brady put up crazy numbers at the end of last year. So, like, you got enough guys where it's like, I, I'm not going to stretch here. I'm going to take my fourth, fifth, sixth-round guys, build that depth, and take a quarterback later on. And then going to the other side is tight ends. I have – you got Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Darren Waller. And then to me, everyone else doesn't matter. I understand Mark Andrews and then TJ Hawkinson. Like, they're going to get targets – they're great players, but I just – I don't feel a need to take them early. I just don't think that there's that much difference between them and any other tight end that I might um, cycle through. I I mean, obviously, I would still take them earlier than the other tight ends, um, but 
the difference between Darren Waller and like Mark Andrews is like a hundred fantasy points or something ridiculous like that, you know? And so there's just such a gap there. You can, you can, you can come after me about Mark Andrews and maybe even TJ Hawkinson. I'll I'll accept it. But to me, I just like, I'm not going to spend that high draft pick on another tight end unless their name is Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, or Darren Waller. Because like Travis, Travis Kelsey guy's not the fifth best wide receiver this year. You know, I mean, he's he scores twenty points a game. He's, he's ten he's catches, li- hundred yards, and a touchdown. He's literally he's literally a wide receiver. He just he just goes into his stance every every snap. That's yeah. it. And he's I mean he's thirty one, but there's no way he's taken a big step back this year after the way he played last year. He was unbelievable last year. I mean, he was there was wow, like half the games he played, he was better than Tyree Hill. And I got Tyree Hill as wide receiver too. So I don't know. I just. That, that's my thought on both quarterbacks and tight ends. And to close out, I mean, to close out your thoughts, this was, this doesn't off of last year's numbers, but this is off of what the 2019 season's numbers, right? Where if you would have made Kelsey into a wide receiver, he would have been wide receiver eight, uh, which is nuts. And he only got better last year. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have your top three, but then after that, I don't think it's worth taking a guy until even like you said, I mean, you could take the depth that in, in the fourth, fifth, sixth, I would say the earliest is, the fifth and it should be the tail end of the fifth once you even start considering Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson because a lot of those guys are just mid-tier at that point a lot of upside there but they're nowhere near um, the top of the board like those there so I'm with you there I hear you and I'm watching that too just to see if anybody does kind of sneak up if Kyle Pitts decides to make a name for himself in camp though I'm not a fan of tight ends first year in the league TJ Hawkinson the most recent evidence of that so um, regardless um, my second headline I'm watching going into the season, and this was before news broke about Todd Gurley visiting Detroit today, but um, what the heck is the Detroit Lions backfield going to look like this year? Um, and the, you, I, I hear that statement now, and I know the immediate thought is DeAndre Swift, duh. Um, but that is until you hear what Anthony Lynn has to say about Jamal Williams. Uh, describes uh, Jamal Williams as an A-back. They're his bigger backs, he said. They can run between the tackles, block probably a little bit better than B-backs. Don't know why he's using the ABCs to label his running backs. It's probably a football thing. But, um, but then he labels DeAndre Swift as a speed pace back, and that terrifies me. Because uh, what I want to hear from Anthony Lynn is, oh, yeah, we're going to use DeAndre Swift like Austin Eckler. That's what I wanted to hear. Um, and that's where I have DeAndre Swift ranked is if he's going to be an Austin Eckler-esque type running back this year. As soon as he says Jamal Williams and uh, DeAndre Swift are complementary and not interchangeable, that terrifies me. And now you tell me you're bringing Todd Gurley into the mix today. And that's as of what, earlier today uh, when we're, or as we're recording right now, that was earlier today. I'm terrified. Um, every, my, my gut says tank DeAndre Swift below Cam's favorite player in the world, Miles Sanders. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Slanders. Miles, Miles Sanders should not be in your top 35 running backs. Blast. Carrion Johnson is the starting running back in Philadelphia. You heard it here first. Miles Sanders is straight garbage. No offense to you, Miles Sanders, if you listen, but I'm just not a fan. Well, we, I, think, I feel like we need to just have like a whole podcast of uh, overreactions on players Cameron dislikes and loves and <laughs> we a whole podcast out of that I feel like um, <laughs> regardless um, I'm looking to see who the heck is um, 
starting in that back, not starting, but how that backfield shapes up. Uh, Cause I really want Deandre Swift to be the guy He was uh, performed so great last year when he was all of a sudden he may not be. So that's what I'm looking for going into the season. How does that backfield shape up? Yeah. And just to add to, it seemed like in the last couple of years of Lynn's uh, tenure with the chargers, he really started to just use Eckler as a pass catcher, which is great for fantasy because you're just like, yes, points after points after points, please. But he really wanted a bigger, bigger running back to complement Eckler, right? He started giving carries to Joshua Kelly, who I believe he was a day three pick, mm-hmm. I guess, two years ago now or last year, technically. Yeah. Um, and even then, they signed Caleb Balage off of um, whoever's practice squad it was. Just and he man. played while Eckler was out. And Balage really kind of took over. But that's because I think Lynn does like having the bigger body running backs. And especially those that can catch. And that kind of running back is Jamal Williams. So that – and then you bring in a powerhouse in Todd Gurley. Shoo. Miss, I'm just gonna fade the Lions backfield until there's something that seems reliable. I, yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley is a tough one because I mean, what kind of Todd Gurley are you gonna get is the first question, and then the second question is he just there to be like just to teach, you know, like is he that uh, is that why they're trying to bring him in? Is go all right, DeAndre Swift, like learn from this guy, or are they actually gonna use him? And then, I mean, I don't know why you even say that you're going to have Jamal Williams playing like, inter- like you were saying, complimentary to DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams was running back three on Green Bay or running back two, I guess he was running back two, never mind. Two and a half. For some reason I had Devonte Adams as a running back in my head when I just said that. So that was why, <laughs> you know, I just, I was like thinking like Devonte, Aaron Jones, Jamal, but you're right. Running back two, but I just, I, I don't see it, but I guess he's a head coach and I'm not. So. I'll give it or offensive coordinator now. Sorry. <laughs> tried his best. Former, former head coach. <laughs> right. Well, that's all we got for y'all today. Uh, man, we're, that was fun. I don't know about yes. y'all. That was fun. I'm looking oh, yeah. to um, full episodes and not just 30. Sure. We should try it again next week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, let's do it again. Round two. Uh, same time, same place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right with it. I, I guess so. I, I guess so. Right on. I love it. Tyler pitched the social media earlier. You can check us out. Fantasyfootballfellas.com. Uh, the FF Fellas uh, on Twitter. FF Fellas on Instagram. Fantasy Football Fellas on TikTok. Uh, we'll get Tyler a new microphone next week so he doesn't sound so fuzzy. Uh, and deuces. We'll see you all later. Hey, thanks again for tuning into the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast today. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any weekly content from us. Uh, you can visit our website, fantasyfootballfellas.com, to stay up to date as well. And follow us on social media as well, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. See y'all.